What is your what is your uh, campaign thing going to be? Because I, I don't want to, what if you go and then it's mine? And then I'm like, oh shit. Hello sisters and welcome. Grab a drink in a familiar cozy up by a bubbling cauldron and join us for this meeting of the Sisters of the Night Caucus. Say hello, sisters. Hello, I am Katie. I'm Angela. And I'm Jillian. And I did not correctly time uh, the fact that there were just the two others of us uh, in with me taking a sip of wine. But that's all right, uh, because we're very relaxed here. Um, and in that, uh, we're going to start by complaining about things. That's That feels relaxed, doesn't it? Um, so listen, it's time for No Context Hexes. Hopefully they're good today because there are going to be fewer of them. Um, but that's all right. So I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to go first. Katie, okay. you go first. Gladly. Elected officials who both sides do both sidesism oh. on serious topics. Hate it. Yep. Truly. Do Angela, do you it. have a minimalist hex? I, I hate what you just said. I mean, meaning I agree. <laughs> meaning I, I agree. I hate that thing as well. Jesus Christ. Okay, hi. Uh, I, so I want to hack the entire construct of tipping. That's all. Yeah, full agree on that. I don't. Why are we? I still mean, like, I tip, I tip uh, excessively. Yep. I'm minimalist just, hexing this is week three i know we're trying but i like, just you I hate put it. like I hate 10 it. minutes on the board for this i wish that people could see me because i am literally if you could see me you could see that i'm throwing a fit like a small child because i hate no context hexes <laughs> i express myself damn it i my whole life can I turn that into a GIF if I can? Like we are recording, I do have video, so I could like actually turn that into a GIF. And I think that it would be really useful. I just the first in a long line. I will play by the rules, but I needed to get okay. that out Okay, I'm just saying that I fully agree. Listen, mine is non-political and I am so serious about it that I actually put an, a reminder, I shit you not, a reminder in my phone. Um, my no context hex is attractive, you know, aesthetically pleasing living rooms that aren't comfortable. It's bullshit. Jillian, Jillian yeah. do you think my living room's comfortable? Yeah, your living room is super comfy. Okay, just have that blanket. The blanket just... <laughs> I just yeah. all of the furniture me... is so comfy and like okay. it, i just i had yeah. to check i felt i i felt insecure no okay. your entire house is comfort personified okay that's good mission yes. accomplished there you go um those are today's no context hexes and listen if you want to give us your no context hexes uh in addition to discussing ours uh as as We've been can doing, I, oh, wait, we got, wait, we have more. Can I throw one in for the sake of yes, the order? Yes, Callie, please throw one in. Ill-fitting leggings. Oh, oh my God. It's, my, they upset yes. me. And yeah. I like, if they're no longer in alignment, throw them away, please. Yeah. You know, like, thank them for their service, like Marie Kondo asked us to do, and then just yeah. like give them, oh. Yeah. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I agree. Ill-fitting leggings. They do not bring anyone joy, but they tried. So, but was, they should try harder. I just got like sad over the thought of ill-fitting leggings. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, I've had so many ill-fitting legging experiences, and I'm just like, uh, few things less satisfying than that. Yeah. Hmm. Is is we're gonna what? Oh, no, go ahead. Okay, well, because I was going to say, we get to move on to complain about a whole different set of things um, in, in, a, in a specific way with more context, with a little more discussion. Um, 
you know, we'll revisit no contacts texting. I agree. I feel like I need some discussion. Um, but listen. All right. So we are going to cast some campaign spells to whisk away the things that are bad that we don't like. And Katie and Angela have like very good and serious ones. And I, as usual, have one that is dumb. Um, It is serious, but it's also dumb, but it's also serious. It's billboards. I'm never going to let it go. Don't ever think I will because I won't. And I want to tell you this, because here's my experience. I volunteer manage a congressional campaign in 2018. And not a lot of money got raised because this candidate was super reluctant to dial for dollars, which was wildly frustrating for me um, because I was managing his campaign for free while finishing my master's degree, being a full-time organizer and a parent. So fucking pick up the phone, bro. That's a side hack. Now, hold on. I will yeah. say credit to you because this is how we roll in red rural areas is like we have people who end up having to volunteer just like you just like roll up your sleeves and you're like all right i guess i'm just doing this now um yeah but so i explained in depth why it was not good to waste our money on billboards and i got us to we got to a point that like we could afford a mailer that went out to a very targeted group of people that I worked very hard to target. And that group of people could have been bigger. We had a billboard, which I expressly said not to do, but this dude wanted his face on a billboard. So that's a bucket list thing. My friend, you could just buy billboards. I don't know who needs to hear this, but you can literally just design and bought like you can put your face up on a billboard for a month and then get it out of your fucking system because if that's what you want you can do that on your own you can be like it could the billboard could just say i just really wanted to see my face on a billboard that's fine may feel weird to you and if it does know that that is how stupid and weird it feels when your campaign does a billboard when you're not just like trying to spend money because you're like rolling around in so much cash, you don't know what to do with it. Okay. Stop, stop getting billboards. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. I don't want it recommended to me. And if you try to do a billboard in my County, I, I will be so angry that I can't explain what I will do because it might tread on like actual laws but no that i will become liam neeson and you will be like the person that has taken my daughter don't do it sorry i get really angry about billboards katie I was a little, I was speechless. That was, I was speechless. That was beautiful. I, that was I, amazing. And I, I can't wait to hear Angela's though, actually, because I have yeah, like, yeah, no, absolutely. a part B to mine. So I, I want Angela to go first. Oh, okay. Okay. Wait, if Angela's is a part B to yours, why is she going first? No, there might be a, so depending on what Angela says, there might be a part B to mine. Oh, I see what you're saying. All right. Yeah. It's getting wild in here. Just do it. It's Just getting very complex. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, number one, uh, cosign everything Jillian said. Billboards are completely stupid and ineffective in campaigns. Um, also, it is the year 2022, and they have digital billboards now. And you can buy, you can buy your face on a billboard for a singular day, digitally, for very little money. So do that. Um, but it doesn't mean anything. Uh, my hex is um, the wide expanse of stupidity surrounding inaccessible fundraisers. And now I want to unpack what I mean by that because it's a multi-level thing, okay? So number one, like when you're having an event, when you are having an event, especially 
especially if you are a lesser known candidate without name recognition and you're trying to get out there, have an event that is easy for people to attend, that is timed when people can attend it, that it is in a location that is handicapped accessible and safe, and furthermore, is free. It's free. It's free. People don't need fancy. They don't need fancy. Give these people some potato chips and a cup of coffee or a donut and meet them. Meet the people. Meet the people. Do not take the people's money because listen, you're no one. You have a donor list. Okay. Call those people. You sit there, you do your call time. That is how you make money. If you want to have fundraisers, so the people feel like stakeholders in your campaign, that is good. That is a good thing. Go out there, have house parties. But like literally, if every single one of your events is a fundraiser, when no one even knows who you are, no one is ever gonna know who you are. And like some of these people, and I'm sorry, if you see yourself in this, I then do, do better. Because I've literally seen people this cycle throwing fundraisers <laughs> have an entry <laughs> and I'm sorry that I'm laughing but this is it's so unrealistic but like if your lowest ticket for your fundraiser when no one knows who you are is a hundred dollars I am sorry I don't know what you're doing <laughs> like I don't know what you're doing because it's not gonna happen um and so you really need I think to be realistic on where your money is supposed to come from because your money is supposed to come from your call time which circles back around to Jillian like Jillian you should have punched that guy in the face that's how you should have used your ARD I would have but he's so tall that I couldn't reach get a little I'm step school get a I'm only five two I probably could have climbed up on a table or something but like it's a little little, little step you just need a little step stool because punch listen, him right in the nuts yeah oh that's good that's good punch. that probably would have been closer for me but now but I'm just trying to say like okay number one call time that's where your money should come from. Call time. Call time. B, your other fundraisers are awesome, but they're not going to be the bulk of how you make money. And they're just really to get people to buy into your campaign and feel special and good. And that's great. Three, don't have events people can't go to. That's all. And especially like know your audience. Like, I see people doing this in literal, like in poor counties, poor areas. What are you doing? What are you doing? So if you can't figure out how to meet people, like you probably shouldn't represent the people. That is all. And hex. Oh, see. I do have a part B now to what my, <laughs> my campaign do. spell is. Um, so so mine is uh, on messaging, not all messaging. But when you are talking to a literal expert in both politics, campaigns, and issues, policy, and they say, I've got different polls that say this message doesn't work here, maybe don't run on the motherfucking message. Do you want to know why? Because we've talked to the voters in some capacity. So I just have to say, like, I don't know. I work for a certain issue and I'm very proud of it. But if I look you in the face as someone who's passionate about this issue and I say, please do not run on that issue because it will get you killed. Don't fucking run on the goddamn issue run on i don't know jobs healthcare. there's a plethora of things that the republican party in pennsylvania is fucking up run on something else if you talk to a literal expert in a field and they say that's not going to work for your district you might want to listen to them but here's the hey. part b Katie, is the expert a woman, though? I was well, just going to say there's that. There's the part B. There's <laughs> the part B. Every single one of the, the campaigns that I'm pretty sure we're all fucking referencing right now are mediocre white men. Ding! <laughs> a little bit louder. 
might be a theme. I don't know. Uh, as you mean, much aren't as, they like, electable though? I mean, isn't that what the I elect- think they're electable? I think I think these dudes are electable. I really think so. Yeah, especially when they do things like underperform other people. But you know. Uh, so as people know, we are on episode three of season two of the podcast. And one thing we started this podcast for was to lift up some real badasses that people might not know. So today we have Joy Zug and Callie Cummings. They are the red to blue directors at the Pennsylvania House Democratic, or yeah, Pennsylvania House Democratic Campaign Committee. There we go. Wow, it's a it's a Sunday in the space-time continuum of a podcast recording. And I have gotten to know both of these women over recent years. They are incredible and badass. And I think everyone needs to know their name by the time that uh, the general election rolls around. So um, yes, I would like you guys to introduce yourselves. Callie. Thank you, Katie. Thank you both. Well, thank you all for having us. Um, I started like my campaign career on the Stacey Abrams campaign. And I've worked with like Laura Kelly, finally made it to summer. And um, it's been like a whirlwind so far, but I'm really, I'm really excited um, to be back in Pennsylvania this cycle and, um, and to do the best we could possibly do to flip this state blue. So joy hey ladies thank you so so much for having me here tonight and excited to be here with Callie as well um I got started working in politics in 2018 as a paid canvasser um working for uh environmental issues which was excellent uh had a real good time doing that and then moved on in uh, 2019, worked in Chester County with that same environmental organization, um, looking to flip our county blue for the first time in 251 years. Um, so that was something that I'm very, very proud of. Um, in 2020, I went on to manage Danielle Frill Otten's state house race, uh, which was just a pleasure working with her. And then 2021, I came back to my home county, uh, worked with a large number of candidates, very, very local candidates, um, running a fully coordinated campaign from school board, uh, district judge, um, township supervisors, and even township tax collectors to to really get some exciting candidates elected and uh, proud of that work as well. Amazing. I'm psyched. Katie. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to um, kind of combine two questions here. I'm going to start with what moved you to enter this hellscape? I'm so mad I was going to ask that one. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Now, what I mean by that is like, why are you doing what, what you're doing? Like, why did you want to start in this? Um, yeah. And like, it's a hellscape. You've got to be into this for some reason. So who wants to take it first? Uh, I'll start. Um, I was not even planning on working in politics. Uh, I went to school for fashion. I was fully committed to being a fashion merchandise, like working in fashion merchandising management and or fashion forecasting. Um, and I had the opportunity to, um, to move down to Georgia in 2017 and work on Stacey Abrams campaign. At that point, I felt like I started to understand like the landscape of what politics really looked like and what I was going to be able to do in that space if I used my skill set, my skill set elsewhere. Um, I was able to create probably one of their most like 
diverse in terms of recruitment programs while I was on that campaign. And it was representative of the state, not just like, you know, Atlanta. And that was where I found like, you know, my passion for this space because like, it's not, it wasn't just about like, you know, the TV visits. It was, at, it was about like going out and connecting with people and like, understanding what they needed from their communities in order for them to like thrive in their spaces. It wasn't necessarily about like pushing a candidate or pushing an idea. It was about like finding out what people actually needed at that point. And that was like what drew me into the space. Um, by the time I got to Pennsylvania and had the opportunity to run my own campaign, um, I feel like having the opportunity to build a safe space on summer's race was something that was very important to me. Um, having some place that was inclusive, having some place where children and like it did, I wanted it to be a place where it didn't matter how old you were, that you felt safe and seen and cared about when you entered the space. And like summer's race, um, we actually weren't um, one best campaign in Pittsburgh. Um, with that energy in the middle of the COVID. So like, it was very exciting to me. So that. Um, uh, what brings, what pushes me is the fact that there are, there are communities of people that have been forgotten and have not been uplifted in this space at all, even though we are counting on their votes every single time. So what does it look like to serve the people that we expect to vote for, the people we ask them to vote for? That's it all day, every day. That's it. <laughs> I want that on loop for everybody. If I could do like a clockwork orange thing, I think that I would put every male, specifically white male politics person on a chair, just strap them in, just make them listen to that on loop. <laughs> I feel like at some point they'd just come out better. I think. <laughs> I mean, Joy, how did right? you get into this? <laughs> don't I don't think that you're wrong at all on that, Jillian. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I I grew up in a fairly political family. We weren't like involved, but we talked about politics at the at the dinner table, and I was also in a mixed party household. Um, mm -hmm. So that was very interesting. I have a lot of um, Republican family members and and a couple. Democratic family members. Um, but I mean, 2016 shocked me. Um, and and I remember um, sitting there on election night and, and I wasn't somebody who was particularly excited about Hillary. You know, like she wasn't the type of candidate, the type of Democrat that I wanted that year. But I sat there and I was like, you know what? We're getting our first woman president right now. I had bought a bottle of champagne. I wasn't going to open it until we got the actual result. And then it got later and later. And then I opened up some vodka instead because um, it was it was just a rough night. Um, mm -hmm. And then I had I had just wanted to get involved, but like the opportunity didn't I didn't seek it out, to be honest. Um, but then I was just working in a small business and somebody that I met through there posted on Facebook one day that, hey, Conservation Voters of Pennsylvania is uh, paying canvassers $15 an hour, $15 an hour, uh, paying <laughs> a living wage there um, to go knock doors and talk about the environment and talk about environmental candidates. And I was like, big fan of that. Um, so I reached out immediately and started doing that. And I was like, wow, I really, really like talking to voters. Um, love talking to voters, the ones that agree with me, the ones that disagree with me, the ones who slam the door in my face. Like I just have the most fun. I get to meet cats, dogs, birds. People have pet birds. Um, I've met them out there. It's an excellent, excellent time. Um, but it comes down to, you know, the issues are definitely why I keep doing this, but, but second to that is really that I've had the most incredible mentors in my political career really invest in me. I met Katie Bloom in 2019. Um, 
and, and, and Jess other, and Jess and Jess. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, <laughs> who just really poured into me as a young woman in the party, as a young professional. And I wouldn't have the opportunities that I've, that I've had without that investment. And I've wanted to be that person for people who are coming up in the party um, behind me. Callie also was my regional in 2020. Um, so during the general, she was my, my person that I would spend hours on the phone with. And, you know, we joke all the time, not sure if I'd still be here if it wasn't for Callie. Um, <laughs> and, and I, I want to be that for other people too. Um, and I really just couldn't be happier to be in the position that I am working with Callie this year, working with Katie and, uh, turning Pennsylvania blue. Let's get that majority. Yes. Yes. It was fun. I remember the bird story. So yeah. The weirdest, you get the weirdest and most fun stories from canvassing. Mm -hmm. So joy as like someone who hires, uh, like, and, and onboards and manages paid canvassers as well. You have just given me like so much, like, hope and excitement um you know because every time you onboard someone and it's like their first experience you're like I hope they fall in love with politics yeah you know like that is always what yeah. I want because I fell in love with politics through canvassing like mm -hmm. kid you not like it's literally you know like as I have the baby and mm -hmm. um you know <laughs> and, and I feel I honestly believe this I feel like the people who fall in love with politics through that direct voter contact or field work, like really get it, you know, because they're, they, they fell in love with people's stories, like, and like, you know, people in their own community uh, talking. And I, I, I think that's awesome. So I just wanted to say that, that, that warm my, my, my cold heart, yeah. my cold heart was warmed. <laughs> Let me ask this. So you, you both have like kind of jobs that are, you know, as Katie mentioned at the outset are not quite as public facing as other, as other people we get to talk to. So what is it? Can you talk a little bit about kind of like, what is, what is the essence of your job? What are you doing on a daily basis? Um, providing structure for first time candidates and campaigns. Um, uh, a lot of our campaigns have first-time campaign managers. They who have recently fell in love with the process. They were field organizers, or, or um, they might have been a field director. Decided that this was going to be their next path forward. So, giving them the tools that they need in order to be successful um, for candidates, um, giving them real strategic advice. Um, I feel like a lot of people have run for a office before and feel like, you know, now they know what it looks like to run all for all offices. Not entirely true. Not entirely true. Your school board race and your, uh, your state house race are two separate races mm -hmm. and are going to require a lot more of you. So um, helping them to understand what it's actually going to look like um, uh, for people who uh, want to really involve their, their families in a lot of the process, trying to steer them away from that. Because, you know, like, I want to reduce the amount of uh, divorces that I see. How <laughs> about anybody else? Mm -hmm. so, so when I hear something like, oh, yeah, my husband is going to be doing this, this, and this, and my wife is going to be doing this, this, and this. And I'm like, that don't sound like somebody who really want to stay with such and such. So inspiring mm -hmm. them, leaning into their staff in that moment, as opposed to leaning into their significant other that won't, may not feel as significant during the course of the campaign if you continue to put all your life's woes on them. They're not your therapist and or priest. They're your life partner. So trying to create yes. some, you know, balance there. Yeah, I think it's also, it's a lot of making sure that they're not losing the big picture. Um, and also just, just staying on task and really prioritizing 
what is most important? What do you actually need to spend money on versus what do you want to spend money on? Or what have you seen other people do? And you think that that's the path. Um, also connecting them with organizations that might be supporting them and, and making sure that, that they have the connections that they need to get the support um, that they need to flip a seat blue. Angela's, Angela's trying to <laughs> Sorry. I have a question. I have a question. Um, okay. So, so you guys have, have been out here. You've been seeing everything. What is the best thing or what are the best things that you've seen candidates do in recent years? I had a fantastic candidate in uh, 2021, she was part of my um, coordinated campaign. And it's a local race, it's a smaller race. We didn't have too much money to raise, um, but we needed more than probably the average school board race because, um, um, because of the way that we were doing things, because it was a coordinated effort. We were, we were sharing in the work with other campaigns. And so, I know that nobody likes call time, um, but the accountability that this candidate took, she would kick and scream and sit there and say, I know that I am kicking and screaming. I need five minutes and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to do my call time. And it was something about the, the self-awareness um, was just really wonderful. Um, and then also the fact that, that she knew what she needed to do and she was willing to do it, even though it sucked and that she was open about that. Um, and also just like Callie and I talk about this a lot, but the hunger, um, for some candidates, if they really want it, there's something just so beautiful about working with a ravenous candidate, um, somebody who, wants to be on doors and also trust you as the campaign manager to handle the other things when they're out knocking doors or when they're doing their call time. Um, so really that trust, that hunger and um, self-awareness and accountability and, and willingness to always do the hard things. Oh, that's so like comparatively rare, but lovely. I, I know. No, it was so great. <laughs> That's per yeah, that's perfect. That, that's perfect. And and um it's so great. And I am honestly not surprised that you said that that was a female candidate because <laughs> that's no, what I'm I was like when the no, shit popped out. I was like, yep. Yep. No, because literally, listen, I mean, I have I mean, I have managed local female candidates, I have managed local male candidates, you know, countywide, you know, statewide female candidates like this whole this whole bullshit that women are more emotional no that is the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life male candidates are are, are babies sorry sorry love you all love you all don't take it personal go see a therapist but I don't like love you. take it as personally as you want you're a fucking baby <laughs> but you're a baby. So stop being a baby. Like the whole, you know, the, sometimes well, it's we because women are demanded on. from a very young age to be able to deal with our own emotions in a way that does not inconvenience other people. And men don't have mm -hmm. that burden. Yeah. And, and female candidates also have the benefit of like, literally, I mean, we have to multitask literally every moment of every day while managing our emotions mm -hmm. which is pretty much like the the best thing you can have as a candidate you know <laughs> is like that like stability yeah yeah Callie what have you got yes. for us on this because I know you've got something to add uh, I think the best thing that I've seen a candidate do was probably back um in 2020 when it all you know started kicking off um doing like uh check-ins with like the elderly and people that would be you know it would be difficult outside making sure that you know they weren't experiencing you know hunger you know so like if they were having you know a difficult time we found out during the check-in being able to like you know send send them like a care package so that they'll be okay 
um, and they don't have to, you know, go to the grocery store um, during this time. I feel like that was probably the best thing I saw. Like most of the time I do feel like we're doing things that are like, um, we have to identify people, you know, it's more for like the, the sake of the vote, but like that felt like one of the, the things that we did for the sake of the people and it warmed my heart. I, I saw your, you, the, I saw the pivot towards um, community aid in the beginning of the pandemic. I thought it was one of the coolest things that I, I, I really did. Like, I, I, I thought it was one of the coolest things. Like, I feel like, yes, like the votes are important, but if we know where the people are and we're helping the people as like they need help, it is easier to tell them like, listen, I need you to go bring your tail out here on election day and make sure your voice is heard if we are doing the things that we need to do in order to keep them supported. I mean, COVID's been tough for everybody. Like I'm uplifting, you know, what we did in early 2020, but people have lost their houses since then. Um, you know, if the money is a little bit tighter for your household, I mean, there's a lot of things that have transpired during, during the last two years during the, the last two years that people still very much are in need of support. And it's fine that we were like, okay, you know, I, I know that we're all going through this very rough time. I mean, the amount of depression that people are actively feeling in their homes right now, like we have a lot more going on. There's a lot more work to do. Like we, not we have not done everything that we need to show up for the people just yet but I would like to see us going back to making those those check-in calls and like actually like if you are a representative and you have like a lot of elderly a lot of elderly folks in your in your district um like let's check in on the good lord's people let's make sure that they're doing all right I mean the COVID has taken a lot of people. So like, how can we support them right now? And not just, you know, I mean, I know we did a lot of what we did in 2020 because like there was a lot of uncertainty um, at yeah. that very But the maps have changed. There's still a lot of uncertainty. Like just in terms of, you know, us having, you know, a clear direction, we're not there yet. So why not help the people have elected us in the meantime? I could not agree more with that. And plus, I, I think the more we start to open up, um, the more people with complex medical needs, elderly, uh, you know, people with pre-existing conditions are going to feel, I think, a little bit more isolated and more left behind because this narrative doesn't take into account their risk factors, you know? I mean, it's a delicate thing. And so I do think that there is still a need for that. And I I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, people, people aren't magically not going to be isolated, depressed. And I mean, there's so much trauma to unpack. And uh, yeah, I, I think, I think we're going to be seeing that big time in the electorate this, this cycle, for real, you know, I mean, I think it's a big deal. But I love I listen, I love the community cares for Bravo. Owning that like a lot of us are in therapy, those of us who can afford it and have access to it right now. But like yes. <laughs> Angela said, addressing like trauma or whatever, I made a funny reaction, of course. And then my cat, just hearing Angela say addressing trauma, my cat just looked at me and stared. <laughs> I'm, so, message. I'm yes. so fucked. <laughs> why, why would your cat attack you like that? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I, I just like um, some incense called clarity. So like whatever. I mean animals are, is. you know. Uh so on the flip side of that, in recent years, what is the worst thing you've seen a candidate do? <laughs> and I'm gonna say just There's so much for to choose from listeners. Just for any of our listeners, not someone you worked for, because we don't want to throw people under the bus. No. Right? But, like, what is the worst thing you've seen a candidate do? Non-focused targeting. It grinds my gear. Stop giving your list to 15 people at the same time. Stop it. Give your list to one person. 
Yes. Get it back in van first. Yes. Then get in. Your data is a mess. People do not like getting text 15 million times. Please stop. Yes. That is like, if I were a vampire, that would be my garlic. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, she hit it. Um, um, Oh my God. Yeah. I need a minute. It's just like, cause it, that's just like one of those, um, I wouldn't pour one out, but I would drink a few for all of the times that I've had to deal with that. And you're just like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> um, let's just go knock doors willy nilly. What? What? I think we all are just like, I think Callie said the thing and yeah. we're all like, yep thing well actually what we're doing is we're going back through our brains and we're thinking yeah. about like we're processing we're the trauma, a trauma yes, response we are, trauma. <laughs> we are we are i was thinking about like all the mounds of data that never went in oh god that just never went in thank you know? god for many man Oh God, like Angela, I have to talk about this in therapy this week now. Thank you very much. <sighs> yeah, yeah. All that, Joy, all it that seems as though you thought of something. <laughs> what do you Joy's got? Ready. Joy's ready. I finally have one. Um, so Angela, you were talking earlier about how it, it was clear that um, my coachable candidate was a woman. I have had the absolute pleasure of only working with uh, female candidates so far. Um, This is going to be my first year working with male candidates. Um, But I have gone up against a lot of male candidates, both in primaries and generals. And the one thing that I've seen them do time and time again is just, it's the overconfidence and it's the, it's not seeing it coming. Um, and not working as hard because you think that you have it in the bank um, when really you, you don't and you're going up against me and my wonderful candidate, um, you, you don't have it in the bank. And I've seen women on the other side do it as well. Um, oh, sure. It, yeah, but the overconfidence yeah. And, and, and the underworking because of overconfidence. Yeah, that's... Um, you know, I think my, as a county chair, my MO, when somebody's like, I want to run for office is to scare the shit out of them because like genuinely, and this is sometimes I'm like, yeah, I just, I just need a candidate. Um, but if I really, really want it to happen, I want somebody who's going to be in it. Because honestly, at the end of the day, if you're a shitty candidate that doesn't work hard, then you're just making more work for me. Because every time, like, because number one, I'm then having to organize something for you. Number two, uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again, county chairs are like sin eaters because all the shit that people are too, like, shitty, like, and too scared to say to your face they're going to say to me, they're going to say it right to my face. And I just have to smile and go, Hmm. Okay. Well, I will, you know, we'll try to address that. Um, also no one, no one volunteers for a candidate that they can see isn't working. It's just how it works. Once, once people people work as hard for you as you will work for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So once once you get that tag, it's over. Um, yeah, not hardworking candidates are the worst. And um, even when I love them as human beings, I'm just like, I'm so sorry. This is really hard, and it's uh, no. Me, but they're the best when you're running against them. Oh, they're fantastic okay. if you're running against them. Just saying. Yeah. Republicans, you should all be extraordinarily. Be very overconfident. Don't work hard. It's okay. You got this in the bag. 
you're on it you're on it (laughs) (laughs) oh my god so here's this is a big question but i think so like if there's a thing you're talking to a candidate and you just have a few minutes to tell them what is the most important thing you need to know what is that thing I think the most important thing depends on the person and depends what they're running for. So um, if you have run for a couple of things and you have a little hubris that that lives in your spirit, the most important thing for you is I need you to not think that you have it in the bag because that's an illusion that you're like, you're lying to yourself. Um, And I've watched candidates like go into situations like knowing with their whole spirit, like a meditation, you know, with the knowing that they're going to win. And I've just slowly watched them lose because they had no work ethic. Like they were not prepared to show up for themselves. They just knew they were going to win. So it depends on the person. If you feel, um, if you feel overly confident, um, you know, my critique for you is going to be slightly different. If you're a first time, you know, you're hungry, you're thirsty, you're ready to fight candidate. My, my, um, my, um, my advice to you will probably be a little bit different. Do you have a family? Like what exactly is your background? What are your expectations? Because like your absolute need to know this thing is probably something that you wouldn't have thought of if like we didn't have this conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for me, it's really three things, but you know, we talk about this a lot in the political space about how there's three most important resources and those things are time, money, and people. Um, and you need to make sure that you're using all three strategically and that you're spending your time. I think a lot of people on the people side, you know, we don't always invest in the people that are investing in us and and investing in our campaigns. Um, So, you know, volunteer treatment is extremely important to me. How we treat our interns, incredibly important to me. Um, And making sure that, that they feel that and that they get bought in is really important. And, and I think that, um, you know, a candidate can spend a little bit extra time with those people and that will give a whole lot of results and it, and it doesn't take too much. So making sure that, that we're being very strategic, we're treating people well, we're spending our money well, we're raising our money well, um, and, and we're not wasting our time. Absolutely. Katie. Yeah, that was, that like leads right into another question of like, what do we need to do as Democrats to flip the damn house this year? This is a fair map. It's a fairer map. It's a fair map that we finally just got. And I think that what we really need to do is we need to work our asses off. Um, that's real. There, there's a path that's there. We've been begging for fair maps for a long time. Um, this is much fairer, and we just need to put everything that we have into it. Um, we're. This is a an interesting cycle, just because like they suspended the elections calendar. Um, but I would. I would definitely say that um, for our candidates that are are running for the first time, start fundraising. Um, start fundraising and start focusing in on your goals. This is actually a really great fundraising tool that we have, like that we have that information. Um, the maps, like the fact that the maps have changed, we're going to need money in order to run these campaigns. You know this to be a fact. You know that your, um, you know that the elections calendar has been suspended, but you want to be in a position so that when, um, when we do have more answers, you're not just scrambling to figure it out then. 
So try to set yourself up for success, as much success as you can right now, um, whether that's fundraising, whether that's identifying your volunteers that are going to be circulating petitions once we do you know, know that information. The phases of the campaign are not going to change, um, just the dates. Yeah, that's so real. Like this is, you know, I think people freaked out about the the time change, but truly it's like, it's a gift. It, it absolutely is. Yeah. Katie, okay, leave you have one more question. I have one, one more one. question that I did not put on the agenda. So what I want you guys to do I want you to Google the Pennsylvania state song. Mm -hmm. And I just want to see, listen to like the first three bars of it. Really? That's all it takes. Just trust us. Um, Because I, I really think that the sisters of the night caucus, this wonderful coven of podcast, Pennsylvania political witches, we've been on a campaign. If you haven't been a regular listener, um, to have a Pennavision, like Eurovision style competition to yeah. find Pennsylvania's new state song. And I want to know if the two of you will support any of your candidates to run on the platform of changing the Pennsylvania state song. Really and I'm looking at their faces right now and there's <laughs> some cringe. Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. That's <laughs> so bad. So bad. Like who? who? <laughs> <laughs> the look on Kelly's face right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Wait, and you want to know the best thing? I'm going to tell you both. The best thing about that song is you would think that that song was adopted in like freaking like 1872 or some shit. Oh no, my friends. I, when was it adopted? It was adopted like the 90s. I should like the not. early 90s. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, can, can we have you mention this to the candidates that you're helping, please? So we can change it when they're elected. <laughs> This is going to be a platform piece of all of the candidates that I'm going to be working with. Um, yeah. This, this is, there's so many things going on here. <laughs> Using and wrong. Like why they do this? It's like the opera. It's like the opera and the church came together and they was like, what's the worst possible thing we could do in collaboration? And so bad. Uh, like, yes. <laughs> so glad that you are just is outraged oh, yeah are. i mean it's it's german opera and a pencil and a presbyterian church choir is what it is yeah. and i know that's going to offend katie but i don't care i don't care Presbyterian who sang in the church choir and is german and likes german opera i still hate the fucking song it is not no i know i'm just saying like listen freedom okay this is the lyrics for me it's the lyrics too maybe we could put it on a better beat i don't know i don't yeah <laughs> I, I i don't know but it's really it's really really bad um and <laughs> i wish people could just see your faces as you're getting this first like first exposure to fill the fill the groundhogs in the video <laughs> Sick, you mean sick rodent? Sick I will. I'm, I'm gonna drop the link for Meet Me in Altoona because it's gonna cleanse your palate. Um, and it is, it? I think we should it play is a it banger every... that we discovered I well, that I discovered. Play it every um... episode now, <laughs> I'm worried so that much. at some point we might actually like pay somebody money about it so i'm just gonna drop the link because we've already dropped the link on our social media because and i sat on that for a full week and a half um can't we just send that guy like we we found him we found him we're gonna send you 50 we've discovered you we'll Uh, send you 50 bucks friend um um, yeah anyway i i appreciate uh the fact that y'all are willing to support candidate saying we need the new Pennsylvania song I mean I feel like 
we're doing it for the betterment of Pennsylvania, to be honest. It's not. <laughs> it's about the issues for us. It's about the that's issues right. for us. And that song is one of them. It's an issue. Thank what? you. So many sitting legislators are like, I don't know, man. There are so many more important things to do. And I'm like, yes, there are. But this feels like an easy one, right? This is one that we brings people walk, together. We can walk it, and chew gum. Bipartisan support. I mean, come bipartisan on, people. Support. It's it's. I mean, because like you guys, like Pennsylvania got a couple of artists that, you know, are from here. So, like, you know, in like, in recent years that are kind of like a little bit of a big deal. So maybe we could do a We Are the World adjacent Pennsylvania thing, you know? Yeah. Boom, we're in a better place than the right. church and the men's group. God we bless. We are the Commonwealth. <laughs> yes. It could be good. It, I could be good. Be I'm seeing Mac Miller. Mac Miller's involved in this. Yeah. I yeah, like I totally commit to doing the background sounds too. I think of myself as a person, so oh, we are Pennsylvania. Yeah, you know. Yes, that <laughs> like was in the back. That'd be me. <laughs> mm. PA all day. We love yeah, I feel like we're really getting somewhere, and um, we're yeah. really pretty excited that um, you guys can enlighten your uh, candidates. I, I yeah, feel let like- them know because it's very important. We're going oh to be uplifted on all the intro calls now. Like, hey guys, like I don't. <laughs> you know, you want to run for state office? Here's a little intro, the state song. How do you feel about it? Is it good? Yeah. You're- is this representative of Pennsylvania? Is it giving what it's supposed to have gave for you? Yes. But can you look me in the eye and tell me that it slaps? You can't. Because you'd be lying. This is a good oh. way to weed out candidates, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like any, anyone who can say that song speaks to me is not. <laughs> You're like, get out. <laughs> get out. Because <laughs> well, we all know that that was blocked a lie and if it wasn't a lie there are a lot deeper problems going on there that we just simply cannot address during a campaign cycle <laughs> we don't have enough time you know campaigns are a couple months <laughs> they go real fast well i think what katie is trying to get at is thank you both so much um you have been informative inspirational delightful and additionally you've really rolled uh with our nonsense and we love that (laughs) so thank Thank you you so much for joining us i'll take serving for the nonsense next time loved it thank you thank you guys so much for having us this was so much fun i still can barely (laughs) stop laughing Um, so thank you this was wonderful absolutely oh my god we would totally have you guys on again uh so listen um we got some events um number one the steel city stonewall dems endorsement meeting that's like a lot of that's a lot of words um february 27th at 12 30 p-town bar we'll have the link for you um this is early but i do want you to get up on it and like make sure that you get your donation in soon uh virtual fundraiser for summer lee hosted by moi um that will be march 3rd 7 p.m so please join me join summer lee uh who is amazing so amazing that i i don't even know all good words for it she's so fucking good you guys um (laughs) what i want her to be in congress that's all i want summer lee stan club right here um so yes, uh, today uh, we're shouting out our bookshop. So don't forget to check out bookshop.org slash shop slash the night caucus. Uh, so we've recently updated our shelves uh, to add Shanna's teacher range turners. Uh, you can find all the lit 
about education that will make you want to burn down our current system, you know, more than you maybe probably already want to. Uh, we've also added Jilly Union. That's me. Jilly Union's Union Shelf, where you can check out some fantastic labor history picks. If you have a book to recommend to us, let us know. And let us know if you decide to pick up one from our recommendations. So remember, we support local bookshops. If you don't have one around, please check out bookshop.org. That is what they are for. Uh, and before our final, final closing, a huge shout out. Um, so this is not public as of when we're recording, but it will be public by the time we release this episode. And that is massive shout out. Congratulations to former guest, amazing queen, 2021 best thirst trap in Pittsburgh, Maria Montano, who will be joining the Ed Ganey administration as press secretary. Oh my God. I have been holding that in for a while and I'm so, so excited for Maria. She's amazing. And I, I can't, I can't wait. I just, I simply cannot wait. I'm so excited for her and for Pittsburgh for all of us. So in closing many, many, many thanks uh, to Callie and Joy for joining us uh as well as always yeah i did it i did it you couldn't have stopped me from doing it if you wanted to uh as always my sisters angela and katie our mysterious and delightful producer dr act don't forget to follow us on twitter and instagram at the night caucus subscribe and rate us on apple pods spotify or wherever you listen to your pods and of course come join our community by becoming a patreon supporter what are you waiting for literally what i don't even know oh and and don't forget to register for your mail-in ballot i i know you forgot so i'm telling you again do it do it now